0: This is Wes Jenkins. You might remember me from such episodes where I spoil important scenes from Star Wars novels or drop older movie references that my much younger co-hosts never understand. I'm coming to you from Uteni's Katy, Texas broadcasting station, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Wow. What do you know? A UTini podcast network production.
1: I got a bad feeling about this.
0: In this episode, what's that in the sky? A bird? A plane? No. It's Grogu at the Macy's Day Parade. That's no moon. Our editor extraordinaire, Matt Davenport, is graciously allowing me to stitch together this episode. I don't like that a bit. (laughs) And the TLF crew will discuss what Star Wars books and novels do better than other forms of media. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilerson, and the glue that holds this whole operation together, Wes Jenkins. (laughs)
2: Hello, everyone! Welcome to The Living Force, a UTV Network podcast all about Star Wars books and what they do better than anything. I'm your host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight are two of my three favorite people. Uh, The first of them being the man who is slowly letting go of control, and it's not as easy as you think, Dr. Corey Helton.
1: Hey man, you know, it's not, how's, the, it is, it's how's it how's it going. <laughs> it's not easy. It's very challenging. So I am not running things. It's the second week in a row I've not run things. So instead, I just get to criticize them, which is my favorite thing yeah. to do. So and by I run you things, know. you
2: mean like you're like changing the scenes, adjusting the well, video elements.
1: Yeah, Wes is always like change the scenes and stuff. Like, but you know, I ran it from my computer, so I could you know I yeah. hear all the changes, and I'm just a you know I'm particular about everything because I'm a freaking weirdo. So. It's okay. Right, but, I'm, re- I'm relinquishing control. You know what else I'm relinquishing control of? Not the that? ability to make transitions happen, because I'm not I'm not good at that. But I want to talk about oh. that. I got to test out my camper this weekend.
2: Oh <laughs> yes, okay. Let's talk about the glory of your camper, although it's slightly less glorious than Wes Jenkins, who is still here. One more transition. I oh, got. A, I, I
1: got all these <laughs> different things. Oh, you know, just give no, me a no, second. Oh me. no! Going, oh, it's on me. No! 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 There's a dog in the background. Hello, dog. Hello, everyone.
0: Um, yes, I am the master and commander of this podcast, and I should have been a long, long time ago, but now I decided to uh, take the reins back here the past couple of weeks. Um, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, uh, had fun with their family and had a bunch of turkey and pie and whatnot, and so glad to be back to talk about Star Wars with everybody. Absolutely. Uh, and we all got
2: some great folks in the chat, including our very own Dr. Charles Henkel, who is at the hospital tonight. Uh, you know, saving lives, doing the good work, and reading Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil. Uh, roundtable in two weeks. No worry, Charles, you're going to do great. But Corey, as you said, you, uh, last week we told people about how you took your, your camper to a Zaxby's. And you had some fun meeting your fellow man. (laughs) Uh, But this week,
1: there was a maiden voyage, like, for real, for real. I did, yeah. maiden voyage this past weekend for Thanksgiving. I had a couple days off from work, so Caitlin and I went to Asheville for, uh, like, four days. Asheville, North Carolina. Um, It's about an hour and a half from us, and uh, this was the first, like, big, big, truck on in the in the in the camper right so we pulled it with the forerunner had no difficulties pulling it that was a big big fear of mine that it wasn't going to pull it over those huge mountains you have to drive over to get to Asheville, but it went really well and everything worked fairly well we only had like three major catastrophes and but everything else worked great we had a hot shower and it was like the most luxurious camping trip we've ever been on it does not feel like we were camping so You know, I'm excited to have it have it done. You can keep following the rest of the build progress though, because my videos are a little behind, and that's on my YouTube channel, documental.com. No, no, your, just YouTube. your other YouTube channel. My other YouTube. You have channel. a website as well. <laughs> I do have a website as well. It's diycarbrotrailer.com. We'll Be sure to smash that like and subscribe button and hit no! that notification no! bell. No! <laughs> no! Oh, well, I, we'll I do. Mean, for this show.
2: For this. That's show, right. That's right. All right, everyone, so so what you just heard Corey say, just cut and paste in your head. Like and subscribe on this channel, on Utini, on our YouTube channel. Or, of course, if you're listening on your podcast platforms, leave us a review if you haven't yet. Follow us, subscribe. Tell your friends, hey, I got the Star Wars podcast I listen to every week. It's sometimes about books. It's sometimes about pure insanity, but I enjoy it. Uh, it does really help us out a lot. Uh, Wes, you did mention earlier... That last week was Thanksgiving, and like we said, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I did get to go home to Michigan and see my family. Uh, last week we did not get to meet because of the pandemic. Uh, we stayed away for Thanksgiving, Christmas, so this was like our first big family holiday return, and it was pretty great. The turkey was delicious. My my cousin carved it like a champ. Um, it was just a really nice like twenty four hour time, which I think is the perfect time for a home trip. It was in. Hang out, see everyone, watch the Cowboys lose, unfortunately, and then come out. Um, and then my mom visited Chicago for the first time. She had never come by herself to my apartment, so I got to, like, show her my neighborhood and take nice. her to a play. And, yeah, it was really nice. It was. I was very like, thankful.
0: Was it hmm. 30 degrees like it is today, like in Chicago? Ish.
2: It was in the 40s. <laughs> it was in, like, the 30s and 40s. Chicago is absolutely in our winter chill, but we're having a good time. Uh, It was a great, great weekend. She left on Saturday, so Sunday I got to watch football all day and play Halo, as is my now what I do with my life, and I know you're all wondering, I might be on my way to a fantasy win this week, because here's what I need, folks, as you're watching the show. Tonight, I need Antonio Gibson to get six points, and I will beat James. James, who just lost Christian McCaffrey to IR yesterday, uh is only beating me by six points so stay tuned everyone i'll probably lose but that's the fantasy football update wes how are you doing how was your
0: week i i have a zero percent chance on the sleeper app of beating timothy this week ah yes he has a hundred it literally says zero and i and and he has a hundred percent chance of winning
2: so it's like my weeks usually
0: pretty much i don't think i'm going to make okay. the playoffs eric this no, this whole it's not season <laughs> sucks
2: <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with it we are so invested i was like i'm going to make this league and i am i am dead last i'm dead last everyone so know that even if you love something uh, you can still be really bad at it and that's what passion's all about but what passion is more about is about supporting the things you love but no one supports us more than our Patreon community. So we want to say a thank you to all of our patrons. We hope that, again, you are enjoying that Attack of the Clones commentary we did. Rogue One is coming your way in December. And as we promised, if we hit our, our next goal, which is $20 away, which is our Revenge of the Sith commentary, we will be getting both of those out to you before the Christmas holiday. So look forward to those. We're going to be getting together this week to find a lot, finalize the time to get that Rogue One video out for you because you want to see our faces react, which is great. Um, I'll just have to put up my lights again, but we really do appreciate all our support over on patreon.com slash utini, slash patreon. We hope you're enjoying the extra shows. we hope you're enjoying things like ghost crew, things like star Wars archives, not on a delay, things like cafes, all the extra content you get. That's not on a three month delay. And of course, if you don't have any money to spare, which is totally fine, or you're making, you know, making those go a little more towards the holiday shopping. All of our Patreon shows, except for ghost crew are available three months after release. So enjoy those. All right. Now it is time for the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Wes, do it, do it, do it. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. <laughs> all right. There we go. For the first time in a while, that 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 wasn't in my, my ears. So usually it goes, Weekly Roundup, which is what you all just heard. Anyway, very brief Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Not a ton of Star Wars news this week, which I got to say is fine. There's a lot coming our way in the next month, but we did get an an announcement today from our friends over at Delray. Tempest Runner, the audio drama that gave us things like Dooku Jedi Lost and Dr. Aphra, which you see next to me, will now be seen next to me in the future because we're getting what we all assumed was coming, a hardcover release of Tempest Runner. There it is. Look at that! It's the cover! It's exactly the same as the audio drama, but longer!
1: (laughs) You know, I, uh, I really have, like, super fond memories of this audio drama for some reason. Like, every time I see the cover, I'm reminded of how much I really personally enjoyed it. And I don't know that I, like, properly hyped it up as much as I did when we talked about it. But, like, I remember this book really, really well. For some reason, like it just stands out in my mind as being like one of the most memorable experiences of the High Republic so far, which is really interesting.
2: And it's especially awesome, too, because this is going to have like one of my critiques of it um, in our roundtables, which, again, if you haven't listened to our roundtable episodes, they're full spoilers. But we did go through this entire audio drama in full. Uh, one of my things was getting a little confused on which person was talking now and then. And this absolutely fixes it, because if you have never read an audio drama script before. He reaches naturally to his bookshelf. Uh, They look like this. This is Dooku Jedi Lost. They are just a script. So as opposed to listening to it, it goes character line, character line, like you're reading a play or a film script. So we love these. I'm so excited it's coming. And it's coming in March, which honestly, given the supply chain delays and demands and things like that, I'm pretty impressed that they were able to greenlight that and do that. For sure.
1: For
0: sure. That is pretty quick turnaround when they say they let it release, what, this week, and then you have... But about basically a four-month, yeah. um, time to print all of that, you know. So, supply Love chains it. are tough. <clears throat> I, live, I live it every day. It's but, it's, uh, it's
2: not
1: getting through it.
2: <laughs> However, if you want to <laughs> order that.
1: Say it, Emma had a great I'm sorry, comment Emma, <laughs> in the chat. Someone coughed into their mic reminded me of the experience of listening to it. Oh man, Tempest Runner, Bronchitis, a Star Wars story,
0: <laughs> as our, our first toast said.
1: said <laughs> uh, the whole freaking time. Oh man! But
2: of course, you can pre-order that now. Uh, bronchitis, a Star Wars story, uh, Tempest Runner, the audio drama, the script book. Is available. It sounds like a Spaceballs title eventually, doesn't it? Like Spaceballs, The Flamethrower, Tempest yes, Runner, The <laughs> Audiobook, The Script will be on the Eugenie.com release schedule. It's coming March 1st, so by that point, you'll be all caught up with the end of Phase 1 of The High Republic. Uh, you'll know what happens at that point, so maybe you'll need something a little more familiar to kind of calm you down and ease your suffering. But what is the opposite of suffering? Or maybe, maybe the definition of suffering is the next thing that I wanted to just highlight, which was something that I did not expect in the Macy's Day Parade. And it was this giant freaking Grogu, which was the Funko Pop as a monstrosity. Like, it's like a Kaiju Funko. And, <laughs> like, this picture we have on screen here, it looks like a bunch of the citizens of New York are trying to take it down.
1: Like the, <laughs> there are ten, like the like the like the little what's that what is that Gulliver's Travels where they... Gulliver's yeah. Travels but it's Funko yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks like exactly what it looks like it's He's so interesting to take
0: little people over is what this
1: is yeah yeah this is pretty <laughs> interesting I mean yeah. they always have something Star Wars themed at the Macy's Day Parade but this is uh, a Funko it's kind of odd odd choice yeah odd choice. And-
2: and I thought it was interesting because, like, me and and some of the folks in our Toy Talk Slack channel and us on the Discord and the Collections channel and a lot of us on Twitter, we love the Star Wars Funkos. But there's there's no secret that they've made maybe a few too many Grogu Funkos. There's just a lot of those, and if, you, if that's what you want, that's awesome, happy for you. But the fact that the Star Wars person, like you said, Corey, in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade is not a character necessarily it is specifically a representation a of a Funko of <laughs> yeah, Grogu yeah. so that is the most popular character in Star Wars y'all the Funko of Grogu do they make
0: do they make their money back from like the labor and the materials of making that Grogu in Funko Pops that they're going to sell us all no as this is season? a, this oh, is a yeah. flex
1: this is a flex 100% of just being like <laughs> oh, yeah. we have a they it's a Funko
0: Suck it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and as Angelia said, they did put the little silver ball uh in front of him in the parade so he was always like reaching uh, okay. for
1: it. Very no, they, cute, very good. We, I don't I don't think we have a picture of it, but they also nah. did that sort of weird VR thing. Are we going to talk about that? Oh all? yeah.
2: So the, there was the the alien from the Tales from Galaxy's Edge VR game was also a float or a balloon. Yeah. I get those yeah. confused.
1: Well, it wasn't real weird. though, right? It was like was it was it physical or was it a VR thing? I I somebody, in the, physical, somebody, in somebody in the physical, but not in the chat. All tell right. us, somebody in the chat, tell us, because I saw mixed things about this. I saw online I somewhere that it wasn't actually a float; it was a VR experience of the float. But That's, I don't know if I'm wrong about that. I didn't actually is watch. That, the is that
2: what an NFT is? Oh,
1: no. <laughs> Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> no, 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 Eric. The NFTs, when you buy the pixels of the VR experience of the float in VR. That's what it Got is. Got it. So next week, welcome to the nft uh really simple, 2021. Really. The yeah.
0: NFTs <laughs> the NFTs of floats that you can buy are astronomically expensive. Wait, and is that a real like, thing? It's a real thing, and they're like 30000 to like $300,000 people are paying for. That's they're paying ridiculous. for these images. Of floats that they can, I I'm guess, not, buy. I'm
1: not at all and surprised like that you know this, Wes. Hundreds
0: of thousands of dollars. Well, you can because commission. It infuriates me. That's why I watch <laughs> stuff that just makes me upset. Just commission <laughs> artists. Go. go on
2: Twitter, go to Jake Bartok, go to Azuri Art, commission a portrait of something you love and pay an independent artist, and it will be way <laughs> cheaper than an NFT and it actually will be a one of a kind thing.
1: Uh, Anyway, it's not about NFTs.
2: It's about Star Wars. One last thing about Star Wars. That's not an NFT. It is um, something about the High Republic. We did mention, obviously, Tempest Runner is coming in a physical form. But in just over a month from tonight, we are getting the end of phase one. We're getting Wave 3 of Phase 1 of the Higher Republic. And to get you all caught up, we here at Utini will be putting out content within the month. Uh, we got, I believe, at least a written guide and a video guide coming up for, to kind of get you all caught up on things you missed. But if you want to look right now, over at StarWars.com, we did want to plug. They put up a Higher Republic Phase 1 guide if you go to their news channel or news site, sorry, uh, over on StarWars.com. They do have an official one, so if you want to catch up and you don't have time to reread Rising Storm or read them all for the first time and you just want to jump right in, highly recommend go to StarWars.com and check that out today. And then, of course, go to, oh, link in the doobly-doo below. Check it out, Wes. Great job. Uh, (laughs) Hashtag Vlogbrothers. Love it all. (laughs) <laughs> and, of course, if you want to buy those books, head on over to the Utini.com release schedule. You can get the Tempest Runner hardcover, but you can also get The High Republic, The Fallen Star on January 4th and The High Republic Mission to Disaster on January 4th. And, of course, get those pre-orders in now because, Wes, what is the big problem?
0: Supply chains supply are running out chain. of stuff. There it
2: is. Remember the supply <laughs> chains. the stuff. <laughs> and good news, guys. Uh, everyone in shipping says it will last to at least 2023. All right. Mm, so, moving on. <laughs> that's a real thing. Uh, we have two <laughs> book reviews. We do not have Charles tonight, but we do have a couple of book reviews we wanted to highlight. So, let's see. Who <laughs> wants to go we had first?
0: A, we have we two. Had like a, oh, a long we one. had a rotary phone that went off. Like, wait a second. What's that? Charles. <laughs> Charles. Hey, buddy. What? Uh-huh. Go ahead. All right, Charles, you call
1: call my cell phone, and I'll put you on speakerphone and hold you up next to the microphone because I I know our listeners love bad audio quality. That's their favorite thing (laughs) in the world. But they want
2: good audio quality. So, Wes, let's have you read Javier's review of Master and Apprentice.
0: All right. Javier gave Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray five stars and called it a must-read. I can't believe it. Claudia Gray does an amazing job telling a very slow-paced story about the relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Every time I read the dialogue, I could imagine them speaking it. This book, it's a must for every Star Wars fan. It has all the heart and Star Wars needs. So, yes, mm. 100% agree. Such a good book, and there's a twist in there that I'm not going to spoil for anybody. <laughs> all right. He's learned. <laughs> Next Look at that. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Now,
1: I love it when, when people talk about uh, stories having heart. That's a really good way yes. to describe that, yeah. like that book.
2: It's it's what Jimmy oh McGinty God, says Shane Charles Falco needs. Is Charles calling is calling. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on. Put him on. Uh, wait, is this the first time caller?
1: <laughs> uh hello, you are live on The Living Force. Hey, a
0: hey, long-time listener first-time
1: caller. <laughs> uh, uh yes, uh what what's your question? <laughs>
0: My question is for Wes. Uh, Why does he think that he can do my job? (laughs) Corey put me up to it. Oh my god. (laughs) Because
2: Corey made you do it? That's your answer? Corey put me up to it. it?
1: I won't interrupt anymore. Have fun. (laughs) Bye, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I swear to God, that was not planned or scripted. That happened live. You saw it here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, as opposed to the rest of the show, which
1: is meticulously scripted.
2: Yeah, Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just for that, Corey, compose yourself. (laughs) After that ruthless takedown by Dr. Charles Hagel. Mm. (laughs) Just tell Uh. us what Jesse thought about Heir to the Empire.
1: All right, that was very good, Charles. Thank you for the laugh. Um, Amazing. It's it's almost better when you're not on the show, quite frankly. Uh, Oh, another phone call? You say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, he just like starts playing like copyright filled music and just gets it pulled. Yeah, very good. All right, (laughs) Jesse read "Heir to the Empire" by Timothy Zahn, and he titled it uh, "Truly Held Up to the Hype." It's a good title. All right. I haven't read any books the past couple months, and wow, what a great choice it was for me to choose Heir to the Empire as my return to reading. For some context, I have read a few canon books, now that I think about it, only EK Johnson's, and I love them. And I have read a couple of Legends books years ago. Kenobi, which I need to reread, because even though I loved it, I was 12 and don't remember a lot about it, and Darth yep. Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, which I don't remember much either. But essentially, that's a James Lucino novel, by the way. Uh, But essentially, this was my reintroduction into Legends, and I couldn't be happier. Every aspect of the book was a hit for me from the story, the characters, the pace, and the beautiful descriptions. If I had to choose a favorite part of the book, it would have to be the characters. Both the original and new characters were great, with Thrawn and Mara Jade being clear standouts. In my opinion. And while I absolutely love Theron and his tactical genius, I really gravitated towards Mara. Minor spoilers ahead, so please skip to the next paragraph. If you want to avoid them. Or if you're listening, you know, just like pause for a second. Skip like. Ernie the seconds. Empire is like 30 years old, so, you know, you're a little late to the spoiler <laughs> game. All right, here we go. It's not canon! <clears throat> I know. Her immense, and I truly mean immense, hatred for Luke is so interesting. And as you learn more about her, you begin to piece things together. And while not everything about her character is revealed, you're able to infer a lot with what is, which is part of the fun. As you read more, her emotions become more conflicting, which really makes her a compelling character, which left me dying to return to her perspective, despite my enjoyment of all the other characters, too. Moving on from Mara, all the original characters felt natural and accurate to film versions, which is great. And the different perspectives through, throughout add a lot of dimensions to an already in-depth story. Sorry for my mini-thesis, but this book far surpassed my decently high expectations and has really made made me passionate. I've already began Dark Force Rising thanks to the wonderful ending to such an incredible book. To all those who haven't read Era of the Empire, please read it for it's truly deserving of its place in the Foundational 5 and its constant praise. Very good, very good, very good. Excellent <clears throat>
2: review. And I and I as I was putting it together, I I wanted that review specifically because I totally agree about the Mara thing. Like the only downside of Air of Heir to the Empire for me was that once Mara was introduced, I just always wanted to go back to Mara chapters because she's such an interesting mm-hmm. character, and Zahn writes her so well. Uh, and like, but he is right though. You know, the other stuff, all the characters are true to film. Like, like they said in Master and Apprentice with Claudia Gray, all the like characters sound like they should, which is not always the case in Star Wars.
0: But mm-hmm.
2: yeah, super reviewed review of Air of the Empire. And I that also,
0: was, yeah, that was my first Star Wars book. Oh, That's nice. right, the very first yeah. one.
2: That's right.
1: It's a and lot of people <laughs> so long ago. The like, galaxy's
2: uh, <laughs> it far far away.
1: It is still yeah, it's still a lot of people's first book and it is it is in our foundational five and we've debated a lot about like maybe pulling it for a foundational five. But then we have reviews like this that come back and remind us like just how dang good it is. So I don't know. I think I yeah. think if we legitimately decide to pull it from the Foundational Five or any books from the Foundational Five, mm-hmm. I think we should Require everybody that's on our committee that that asides that, we should require everybody to re-listen or reread the book before we make the decision. That would be a really good criteria. I think that's to a do. great.
2: That's a, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, more yeah, yeah. work, but that's a really great point because that's true. Yeah. Like, the books it, we, because we on one hand, you don't want to keep a book on just for nostalgia, mm-hmm, and a book mm-hmm. might read differently in 2021. Like maybe you don't want Shadows of the Empire on the 2021 must-read list, Forbes. <laughs> But, I know. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, because we also we don't want to expand too far because the whole point of the five is that it is it is concise and it's not yeah. intimidating. But anyway, more to come. That'll be 2022. That's one of the big projects is redefining yeah. that. And all of y'all, um, there's already Cheryl. Yes, we know you'd be very upset with us. And Endar makes a good point. Is it more work or is it more awesome to read more Star Wars books? Uh, yes. It's both. <laughs> all right. Uh, on that, though. Some of these books do things that no other books can do. Heir to the Empire does some things that films simply can't. And we're going to talk all about that. But before we do, we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to let you see some clips from our other incredible live shows on the Utini Network. When we come back, let's talk about all the parts of Star Wars books that make them so unique. See you in a bit.
1: Okay, I don't know why we can't hear anything. <clears throat> You're not sh- Oh, yeah. You were supposed to pull the the little ad that Eric made for the... For the uh, oh
2: yeah, for the for the site for the
1: gift thing. Didn't I put that in Slack? I thought I did. Well, I, didn't, no. I didn't. I didn't clarify in Living Force. I should have reminded you today. I'm sorry. I just not thought of it. Let me see if I do. You know I'm talking. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bitch. No. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know what you're
2: talking about. <clears throat> I'll plug that at the end of this uh, break too. Yeah,
0: I can throw that up. In <clears throat> <culture.
2: clears throat> oh my god, I can't wait to see what Jared's new Legends room looks like. Like just just so much with that that I'm earnestly wondering what it's gonna be. It's gonna be cool. Also, can't confirm my drink was cold, so mini fridge success.
1: <laughs> it was already cold to start. So I don't know if that counts. Yeah, it, it stayed cold. <laughs> yeah, like a freaking piece of styrofoam underneath your desk would serve the same purpose. Like. Yeah, but does it look like an Xbox. <laughs> 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 uh, so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna buy one of those like little shitty coolers to keep like above the beer it. in the freaking yeah, 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 grocery store and just like paint like an X on it with like a sharpie.
0: Genius. Where's the um, where's the video
1: at? Uh, I don't remember where I put it, maybe it's somewhere maybe general, but it's I'll, I'll dig it up and send it to you. All right.
0: All right, here we
2: go. All right, welcome back. We do love seeing those clips from our other shows. As a reminder for our audio listeners, we got Legends Look Back and the Cosmic Force on the Utini Podcast Network that go over Legends, Books, and the Comics, respectively. They're live on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and of course, go in your preferred podcast provider on their respective feeds. So, before we get into our main topic of tonight's show, I missed a plug earlier, which is a shame, because we've talked about it for two weeks. gifts is still going. That's Uteni.gifts.com. Is still going live for all your holiday shopping needs. It went live last week, and as we said, it is a curated gift guide. You go category by category, get the people on your wish list all set. We actually just pulled names for our Uteeny Company Secret Santa today, and I would imagine some of us may use that site. Uh, I didn't actually think about that till this exact moment, but I was like, you know <laughs> what? If I'm buying Star Wars uh, stuff for insert yep. name here.
1: Emma said she already bought something. Didn't she say she bought the ring Emma? I she bought the ring off the site? She yeah. Did. Of
2: course she did.
1: There's a whole cool section on book lovers. And dude, I want scroll up a little bit, Wes. I want these freaking book ends so bad. The ATAT book ends. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my god, I want these so bad. Uh these are sick. <laughs> I love hey, them man. So. Caitlin likes the Death Star ones better, but I want the book ends, but Seriously, these are really, really cool. Etsy has so much good stuff, and we link some of our favorite stuff on the website, so we check it out. Utini.gifts. Support us,
2: support independent creators, and just have a great holiday season. That's right. All right, so for our main show tonight, we wanted to talk about, uh, with all the great things like The Mandalorian, which shirt I'm rocking right now, The Book of Boba Fett coming out, the new films that I assume will someday be made if they're not all canceled. There are a lot of ways that we can enjoy Star Wars going up, right? Uh, obviously, the film started all. Obviously, the TV shows have kind of stepped into the limelight nowadays. But there's still a lot of things that books can do that you just simply can't do in other parts of Star Wars. But before we get into that, guys, I wanted to pose a question to you. Let's go over the other mediums first. So, yeah. what is your favorite thing? We'll do an easy one, a softball. So, Wes, you'll especially love this.
0: It's a <laughs> softball reference. I get it.
2: Um, what do you guys think the films do the best out of any other thing in star wars film specifically
0: hmm. visualization okay. yeah <laughs> it gives yeah you i mean yeah it's, it's a, a <laughs> picture of what the story is about you can, you can see you can get the image in your head <clears throat> if when you read a book about what it actually is but if something is officially the image mm-hmm. say like what luke skywalker looks like what jabba the hut looks like mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. um what an eighty eighty how big it is compared <clears throat> to everything else yeah. I think the visualization and the scaling the
1: scaling I guess would yep. probably be a good yeah. a good point for the films yeah was I was uh I was gonna say that I, I was trying to think of a, of a of a clever answer to this question like not just like, what is better about the films than books? But you know, something that books have never truly, really been able to capture in the Star Wars universe is establishing the state of the galaxy. Right? Oh, interesting. So, so, like, like let's talk about the High Republic is a good example, right? Yeah, sure. We, we have a ton of High Republic books already, and comics, and other visual mediums, right? It's not even just the visualization, mm-hmm. we have other visual mediums. Yeah. And I still don't really feel like we have a really great understanding of, like, what the state of the galaxy is. Like, it still feels small in a weird way, but, like... You have the prequels where they show like Coruscant and it's vast, huge yeah. planet. And you can just you you suddenly have all the context clues you need just by the couple seconds sure. of what's on screen, right? And we're kind of missing that in books. And I found that to be the case, you know, kind of throughout all the books, even in Legends, where we establish all this really complex political structure. It's mm-hmm. still hard to establish kind of the state of the of the galaxy. So I feel like the 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 films are able to. Like, set the scene and also, like, move the major story forward in a way that, like, the books are not really able to do, I guess.
2: Totally. I like all that. Uh, I also want to get some from the chat. We got a couple. Those are really great. Uh, Stephanie Mack, of course, says one that we would all agree with. John Williams music. Mm, Like, we do get it in the books, but when it's repurposed, right? Mm -hmm, Which is mm -hmm. great. But we love it because we saw it in the films. Like, there's you can the original fanfare the a long time ago in a galaxy far far away fades out and then you just get the boom like there's mm-hmm. nothing like that yeah sitting on the theater opening night getting all that and uh, okay andor <laughs> says the acting performances which absolutely i mean the films do have the budget to to pay for actors of a very high caliber especially mm-hmm. in the sequel trilogy i would say that mm-hmm. just gets people that have studied that really work and that can have those silent moments that you maybe don't get as much in other mediums, and Wes, I was trying to double back on what you said. I think specifically of the Battle of Scarif, um, and like when the X-Wings come out of hyperspace and you see the amount of ships and everything that's going on. Like that is just something that we we can t- talk about in books. And some of the books have yeah. incredible space battles. They're described in great ways, but there's nothing
1: it quite don't really do like it for me, in, me. yeah. There's space, nothing like space like battles and, 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 and aerial combat just doesn't really do for me in books, and I think that's one of the books? one of the right. yeah one of the bigger reasons I've never Andrew have, is going to come for you. I know, I know. I was going <laughs> to say this one of the reasons I didn't love the Alphabet Squadron series as much sure. is, is because like you know they're talking about banking to port, and I'm just like port is that left right? <laughs> yeah, like, starboard uh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the movie, and it's like, like yaw yaw narrow, left. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly.
0: I, I find uh I listened to I was listening to the uh to Lesser Evil on the way into work today, and I find that if I don't try to like pinpoint exactly what's going on in a space battle, um then I enjoy it much much more. Yeah, just like, I, flows better, yeah. I step back and I'm like, I'm not gonna try to figure out where exactly they're shooting at and how many blaster bolts are going to. I'm gonna yeah. try to sit back and enjoy this yeah, experience. For sure. And now yep. I have to not have to pinpoint every little thing of what's going on. How many plasma spheres? Because like Zahn is, is a plug for
2: that book. Zahn is incredible at that. And even if you're sitting down looking at the page, you're like, oh, this is great. This is cool. And, and like, like Rick in the chat, if you love that stuff in the books and love the jargon, that's awesome. But I do think that Zahn, I think even more so than like Freed or Alston or Stackpole, I think Zahn is able to also just kind of pull out and be like, you don't have to get through all this. You can also just enjoy it, but the, the films, there is something just unparalleled about that level of action, which mm-hmm. we're starting to get a little bit in TV shows, which yeah. is obviously in the next question. Now, let's go both animated and live action, because, I mean, how cool is it that we get to say that? <clears throat> it's Star Wars. We now have both. Yeah. Uh, I which have is a, incredible.
1: <laughs> I, I do have an immediate answer for this, is what, what can what can TV do shows do? And uh, I think this is why this is so exciting right now, is because we're like entering into an era of Star Wars TV. Um, which is amazing to even hear the words come out of my mouth, um, <laughs> yeah. is like we, we get something that books have always been better at, which I'm excited to talk about this episode, is telling long-form stories, right? Like yes, we, yes. You can't have complex plots in films because it doesn't work, right? When things are complicated, like in The Rise of Skywalker, people get mad because they don't understand. Somehow Palpatine returned. We gotta move. We gotta go. Exactly. It's just breakneck speed. It's five planets in 22 minutes. Like, it is nuts, all right? And that's a problem for movie storytelling and it makes it feel rushed. But, like... Good Lord, how many planets have we visited Mandalorian? I would really like to see that statistic. Somebody look that yeah, up in the quite chat. A few. Yeah, I've there. I mean Clone I bet, Wars. I I mean, Clone, a lot. Wars, planets, and Clone my Wars goodness. Means good Lord. I mean so that we get that long form st- storytelling in, in TV show, which is so exciting to me because mm-hmm. it's frankly, in my opinion, better than the films. Like I th- I mm-hmm. love the long form so. storytelling.
0: I love that so much.
1: Yeah.
0: There was that there was that question that they were talking about when um when the Mandalorian came out. It's like, would you rather have a Mandalorian movie or do you want this weekly episodic no. show? Shut up. That comes out every week. <laughs> give me
1: that. Yeah it's, even, yeah. it's not even a question. I mean
0: the show, because, because the technology has come so far to where I wouldn't say it's as it's more or less expensive, but now there's, more to do with what they have, right, right, and so it, it just quality, looks just about. stunning. It just mm-hmm. looks stunning. I mean, I mean, look at our show. It's is amazing, right? Yeah, look at what, what we can there. do. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I completely agree,
2: especially about like the episodic nature of it too. Like you can get the you can tell the smaller stories, like in Clone Wars specifically, a lot of those episodes that some people skip over, but like the political stuff, like the Anakin Padme episodes, you can tell that kind of stuff because in films. We all, of course, we all lament the amazing scenes that were deleted from Episode Three, which yeah. was the beginning of the rebellion. But you just didn't have time, mm-hmm. whereas in shows you can absolutely do that. <clears throat> and I would also add one thing that the shows do really well is create a communal experience. Because when a new Star Wars film comes out, there is that opening night fervor, and there's there's really nothing like it. The opening of a Marvel movie, like being there that first night, having that energy with other people is great, and it's awesome. But I do think the closest we've come to it is the continued fervor over weekly releases. Like, the accessibility of the TV shows of Star Wars are way more than the books right now. They're cheaper. First of all, they're cheaper, right? Yeah. And then also people, sometimes you don't get books at the same time. (laughs) You don't read as fast as other people. Like, our Discord channels are amazing because people can kind of keep up with each other and you can have a little bit of communal reading. But you know that mostly everyone you know watched The Mandalorian on Friday. And then you have the weekend and a week to talk about Mm -hmm. it. And then there's another one. And then you have a week to talk about it. So it's Mm -hmm. 13 weeks of community and discussion. And I think that's one of the things that the TV shows, when when they made the decision to do it weekly instead of binging, because everything was binging. Everything was Stranger Things, Mm -hmm. right? I think The Mandalorian was like, nope, let's slow it down because I think this will work.
1: Yeah, and it did. It's such a love hate relationship with that too, man. Such a love hate relationship because we gotta it. wait. <laughs> you want it so bad, but you have to wait.
0: Ugh. I liked it. I never. I do too. I never I like did it too. the binging. I never got. Yeah. Into, I did the binging when I watched Breaking Bad, and that was it. Ugh. And I watched Breaking Bad. I don't know. Eight years after it came out, yep. So I I binged and it was great, but I like the weekly episodic. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm an old school kid. I was waiting for the shows to come on. I was waiting for like every Friday or every every Thursday night. Yeah, believe it or not, The Simpsons used to come on Friday on Thursday nights, and my family would sit down as a family. Like, come on, everybody, come in and watch The <laughs> and Simpsons. Watch the Simpsons? The and Simpsons. you and you have to get wow, there because
2: if fantastic. it starts, you couldn't pause it. There's no like at can, all. You gotta get yeah, here. No. It's starting.
0: It's starting. I would be grounded. I'd be <laughs> grounded for doing something bad. My dad would just poke his head in and be like, "Hey, we're in there watching The Simpsons. You can come watch." And I'm like, <laughs> "All right, family. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Dude. I love." Yeah. So <laughs> on like, the other end of the communal list.
2: aspect is the final thing I want to talk about. Uh, we're not going to touch comics necessarily in this one because they're similar to books, and our friends on the Cosmic Force <clears> do a great job with that. Uh, but video games. We are in uh, an an odd part. Uh, an, an odd time of Star Wars video games. Thing we can announce: we're getting really good ones, but we're not getting a lot of them. Like there, no. there were those years where, like, Revenge of the Sith, Battlefront Two, Lego. Like, there was just coming out, coming out, coming out. But regardless of that, what do you guys think video games do better than anything else? And I want to start with. I'm going to start with the easiest answer, um, which is immersion. I mean, mm-hmm. you're in, mm-hmm. you're in Star Wars. I mean, I think. It is highest in probably like the VR version of Squadrons, where they, you know, I don't have a VR, yeah. but watching the videos of people like Alex Damon and stuff put on the VR headset and be in a cockpit, like, that's, uh, you're not getting that anywhere else, and even playing as Cal Kestis or playing Battlefront 2, you are, especially with headphones, you're hearing Star Wars around you, you're hearing the <clears> world, <throat> you're hearing the blasters, you're, you're going through planets as yourself, and I think that's something that just can't be replicated, yeah. anywhere else and yeah for, for better or for worse I think sometimes it's a little much but what do you guys think video games also do as a medium at least in the current system uh that you know books and movies can't quite get
0: well I mean they are kind of like books in a way that they introduce us to new characters um I mean were there characters in KOTOR that were developed just for kotor and yes. then oh yeah all of them that, yeah they, for sure yeah. almost yeah, yeah basically everything and then they, they spurred off of books yeah um cal kestis like mm-hmm. you said for um uh and then man there was what dark force rising yeah cal- was, is- was
1: kyle Katarin invented for the video games or not i don't know the answer to that i don't think so legends
2: yeah. legends 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 uh, yeah. legends let's, <laughs> see, let's see where they show up <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah i mean like they have
0: a lot of new characters are are brought about, um, yeah. and and then they're they're introduced into other things. In a lot of books, they're mm-hmm. put into books after they are video games. So, um, yeah. But I mean, there's no other better answer than immersion,
1: Eric. I mean, you took the easy one. Thanks I did take lot. the easy way out there. <laughs> I, I guess the, the last thing I would add to the video game thing that we get we get two two things came to mind. First is kind of along the mm-hmm. same lines as immersion is like you get to like the first person element, I guess, of 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 Star Wars video games, right? But like the other thing that kind of comes to mind is like the the superhero esque unrealistic side of Star Wars, which is fun oh, yeah. to explore. Like, the Force Unleashed yeah. kind of yeah. stuff, yeah. Where yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. to, to pull the Star Destroyer out of the sky, and like I mean, everybody knows the names of of like Dark Side powers because of KOTOR, right? Like yes. everybody does. Like yeah. like like, <laughs> yeah. like Force Storm and and like uh like uh, the Force Run. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Which is was the an episode, games.
2: no one, I, none of you knew that it was in Phantom Menace until he played KOTOR.
1: We had no idea that
2: that's what it was. No. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, all the stupid, stupid superpowers, like, drain life. Like, everybody knows that that's, like, a dark side power, but of course that's a video game power. Like, it's, it's, can, you, can you imagine, can you imagine if in the Star Wars films, Count Dooku's, like, Master Yoda <gasps> Yeah Drain Life <laughs> like, <laughs> And and is like he like puts his hands up to block it or something, dumb. No, that would be yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. Like
2: And then Dooku is like electrocuting them, but then he runs out of force power and he has to wait for it to recharge. He's exactly. like I will get yeah, yeah. you in a second once my meter <laughs> yeah. refills. Right. So
1: they, almost, have, they, they have to like, announce uh, what they're doing. Yeah, almost like the like game the, Exactly. The gamified Side of Star Wars is mm-hmm. is in video games, which makes sense. It makes sense.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, and and uh and I like uh what um I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading comments here. What, what Stephanie Max says, it's long form immersive storytelling in games too. You mm-hmm. get, you get more out of it the more you choose to put into it, and I think that applies both to multiplayer games like Battlefront and to single player games because there's planets that I love purely because of Battlefront. Because mm-hmm. like I, I've been around them so much, so when yeah. they show up in the movies or show up in books, I'm like, oh, I've been here. Yeah. I get this. Yeah. I know what this feels like. Or like, Han Solo has a DL-44 blaster. How do you know that? Well, because I had to put oh, yeah. it on in 100%. Battlefront. 100%. I forgot you know? about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, the only reason I know any of the names of the guns <laughs> is well, you know, because of Battlefront. Yeah, exactly.
0: And mm-hmm. like, you know... A, the single-player games, especially if you're really bad because you have to keep playing it over and over, mm-hmm. and over again, and then you get lost on Zepho, and you're there for a day and a half, and yeah. so you get, to, you get to learn all the names of the creatures that, you, that kill you, and you have to go back yeah. and change up, and right. then the names of the ships, and then like the different ponchos that you can get. And it's, it's all from Jedi Fallen Order, but still. Yeah. Utini Game Night then Friday evenings. Uh, <laughs> check them out on our
2: YouTube channel. <laughs> so, of course, all those do things very well, but because we are a book show, we now want to run down the categories we use to review which are the plot, <clears throat> the characters, the originality, the writing, and the entertainment. Now, we've talked about these a while in the past. That's on, on why we score things a certain way. But for tonight, I wanted to go through each of these and kind of talk about why Star Wars books can excel in these, More, most specifically, more than any of these beautiful mediums. So let's start, of course, by the plot. Yeah, let's, it is let's, a,
1: should we name drop what the five categories are? We haven't done that in a while. I, mean, um, I just
2: did, but let's do it again.
1: Oh, I didn't hear you do that. Do in, do
2: in detail. Do in detail, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I uh, so I guess I guess what sorry. <laughs> what
2: well, okay. I'm trying to
1: say. It's okay, this man. Is what, I get you. This is what I really meant to expand upon it with as the review team. So our, our UT review team, we we have five categories that we discuss in detail whenever we review any mm-hmm. book. And we came up with this years ago. We've been doing it ever since, and it's pretty, pretty solid. Plot, characters, originality, writing, entertainment. And like we thought these would be good points to discuss like, books as a medium, because we, Mm -hmm. like, had the philosophical discussion of choosing these as categories when we picked these to review the books, Um, because we think that these sort of areas or categories, like, are standout areas that fit the books in particular, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, with the plot, whatever you're—usually, whatever you're going through has plot, right? But how do you guys think plots can be expanded and described in books, only like we can have everything has a story has a beginning middle and end for the most mm. part multiplayer <clears throat> games usually have a loose plot you're trying to get through but with books how do you how would you guys say that a really really good plotted book can expand yeah. better than anything else Yeah,
1: i think i think in particular for me and like this is you know this is one of the none of those things too that like it's kind of hard to have an objective conversation about because everybody has their own real answer and experience oh yeah with, with we're, this type of we're thing. subjective But but plot like for for a really good plot to get me really good. It's one of the reasons I like James Luceno books so 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 much. Is they have to be a little convoluted, like not like a little bit. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Not like I don't like I don't like stories that are necessarily super predictable. I guess if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, right? And all the James Luceno Mm -hmm. books are like that. They have this long build up till we get to the huge climax, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people hate that about his books, but I personally love that. Um, And I also think that like. Like really good books that I I really find personally amazing, like Master and Apprentice is a good example. Have a have a really good twist at the end, right? Like you don't see it coming at all, right? And you know, like we said earlier, we don't want to spoil it for Master and Apprentice specifically. um, But like, you want to? I I feel no. Shut up, (laughs) (laughs) I've been holding it in for so long. (laughs) I don't feel like I don't feel like movies do that that well. Like I like it's it's really hard to pull off a really good twist. And it, you can only do it once, too, right? You never get that again yeah. when you rewatch it. Like, Pulp Fiction is a great example, right? Like, you, yeah, you nobody yeah. understands that movie until you've seen the whole thing, right? It doesn't make yep. any sense. Uh, and I, I kind of felt like that with uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, mystery movie. What was that last Knives year? Out. Knives, Knives Out. Knives Out. Knives <laughs> Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that movie, you can never oh, watch it twice, right? Movie. It's amazing, but you can't, like, experience it twice. And yeah. books are able to sort of, like... I think capture that little bit of convolutedness and also like a, like a really good twist in a way that, that movies can't really do. So like, like Thrawn's books are great examples because they, I think I said Thrawn's, I meant Zahn's book about Thrawn. Zahn's Thrawn's. Exactly. Zahn's Zahn's Thrawn's, Thrawn's, you know, (laughs) his books capture that pretty, pretty well because he's able to like, like be those couple steps ahead. I think it would look kind of ridiculous if it was on screen. And it kind of does in Rebels. The way he's sort of always ahead in Rebels is a little goofy at times. And I think that was one of the big criticisms of him as a character.
0: One of the, like, just along the lines that you're talking about is from Timothy Zahn's is Scoundrels. You can read that book all the way through and then find the huge twist at the end and then read it a second time and be like, oh, this makes a hell of a lot more sense now that I'm reading this. That I know what's going on, and Mm -hmm. so that's one of the that's one of the plot points that I saw in a book, or that when I first read a book that I thought was amazing, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. I asked Zon that question when he came to one of the Comic Cons that were down here in Houston a couple years back. I specifically asked that question. I'm sure people in the audience were just like, who the hell is this kid talking about scoundrels? <laughs> we're here to talk about outbound flight, you freaking idiot. <laughs> well, a like, right, in that. I'm sorry. I just want to talk about scoundrels. I just finished
2: it. <laughs> Yeah. Angelia makes a good point in the chat, too, that, that she says in that way, like books can get away with more exposition than movies. And I completely agree because I think when you're watching a movie, if there's a little too much exposition setting up the world, setting up relationships at the beginning, if you take like an hour of it, of the movie, yeah. and is that, then you should you basically get an hour left yeah. to like do the rest of the movie. Oh. And I think in a book, I mean, if you take, let's, let's say, I, even outside Star Wars, let's say Lord of the Rings, right? I mean, there are pages and pages of descriptions of yeah. the food and the environments, but books can do that, and they can really make you feel invested in the place. And I think mm. a lot of good Star Wars books that are plot-driven, because we talk about plot-driven and character-driven a bit on this show – And I think if a book is more plot-driven, it's more about that world. It is more like the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy, I would say, that is telling you about what's going on in that part of the galaxy. And by the end, you really intimately know the planets. You know the political structures. You know Mm -hmm. the galactic makeup of something. And I think that Star Wars books and books as a whole just really do a great job with expanding the scope of what you know about a place. Like, fans of movies... Mm -hmm. As I am. I I love movies. And this is not an anti-movie anti-show podcast to be clear.
1: No, we hate movies. Uh, we specifically well, the Star Wars movies. Well, yeah, movies, well, those obviously and they're, shows.
2: All, they're all bad. We're all shills and shows. of That's from Disney. Shows. But other people, like when you're a fan of movies, you get to go into so many mm. cool behind the scenes things. But book fanatics, like real book fanatics are the best kind of insane people. Yep. Because, you know... They're always,
1: they're always smarter than you, too. Like, always. Yeah, you know
2: everything. <laughs> like, you know what the weather is like on this planet. You know what the characters were born like. And just mm-hmm. as time goes on, like, a really well-plotted book takes you through an entire journey. Like, like Lost Stars by Claudia Gray is very character-driven, but it also has so much plot where you learn about the Jellucan politics. You learn mm-hmm. about the mm-hmm. Imperial <clears throat> Academy. You learn yeah. about the beginnings of the Rebellion Order. Like... There's just so many things about the universe that are put into a book, and that would all be secondary in a film and a TV show. So I think a book does that very well, which leads me then to my best, my next question to you two. Just based on plot, mm-hmm. what are some Star Wars books that you think this is best because it's a book? Like, th- if it was a film, mm-hmm. we'd lose a little something. If it was a TV show or a video game, we'd lose a little something. This had to be a book because yeah. of its plot. Hmm. Scoundrels is a good one. I already say West. I think that's a great choice. Yeah. Okay,
1: good. I'm off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have but, another one. You gotta have another good, one. That is a good question. You know, I would say I would say that it is it is very rare, I think, that you can say that like this would be better as a movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, true. Right? Like like yeah. is is the movie ever really better than the book? Like really mm. ever? Like is that is that, the is that possible? That's
2: it. The movie The Natural. It's it. The Natural. Um, but I will say, I actually have one that's going to be a weird answer because of what's coming up. I gotta and pull that's the i give you a good answer. Oh, yeah, Kenobi. Mm, but, it, oh, but, but here's why. Because next year we're obviously getting the Kenobi series, which I think will be great. But why I don't think it's just going to be the Kenobi book is one, uh, legal reasons. Why redo the thing that's in Legends. Mm-hmm. But two, like the book Kenobi is actually very slow and it's very meditative. And the plot of that book takes a long time to develop because you, it takes a lot of time away from Obi-Wan, especially at the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. And there's no way a visual medium is going to keep the hero out of it for that long. There's like a hundred pages without him. Mm. And I think that the book taking Mm. that time to establish that plot and establish that world is really something that I think only could have been done in that book. And I, I think the show's going to be spectacular. It might be my favorite TV show I've ever made. But I don't think it can do what that book did in the same way.
1: That's fair. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a good answer. I think, I don't think yeah. that any of the audio dramas would work as films at all. At all. Ooh, yeah. Which is interesting That's because interesting. they're because they are kind of plays in a in a way. Yeah, but yeah. Like, they're a different mediums still. Like they move at a pretty quick pace. Like, can you imagine Doo Who Jet lost with yeah. how we were bouncing between the narrator like a and like in the flashbacks. flashback? That would be yeah. really hard to pull off as mm-hmm. as a film. And you know that actually brings up a good point: is the whole flashback flash forward is really hard to pull off. There are very few movies that yep. that do it really well. The Godfather, right? There's very few movies that that do it well. Very good movie. Right? Very of good movie. like. Yep. Of like, and you have to spend a lot of time in the flashbacks, right? You can't jump yeah. around at the, in the in in a good good pace. I feel like so, you know, a lot of pacing ideas in general, I think, just generally work better in 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 books, like for sure.
2: I love that. I love that, and I, and I want to touch on the flashbacks again uh, a lot in our in our writing section as well because I I got a couple specifics I want to hit there. But let's go to our character section, our our section that honestly, in our reviews lately, we write a, we write about quite a bit. Because a lot of canon, especially, is very character focused, which means that we're we're basically reading the book because we want to see the evolution of the characters. What they do is very good, but it is still secondary to the journey they go on. And a lot of film, like a lot of independent films, are like that, right? That uh, like lower budget because <clears throat> frankly you can't film as many like chase scenes and things like that. You just want to see the person and the and the journey they go on. Mm-hmm. And I think books. I think this is the most obvious advantage books have because you're inside the mind of characters. Like you get the subconscious, and unless it's Blade Runner with like the 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 voiceover, uh, depending on which cut you watch, I have only watched the final cut without the voiceover. Um, that's my little my little nerd shame. I I think that films and TV you just can't quite get to that level of intimacy that you can reading a book while inside a character's head.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I could I could I could see that.
0: Yeah. Sure. Um I I think this is a, a good example for um for Queen's Hope, Queen's Peril, Queen's Shadow. Yeah, for Padme, yes, yes that whole yeah, trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great um it's a great character driven trilogy because we finally get to see not like we finally get to see we see a <clears> lot <throat> more in these books from where Padme started and up until where she ended, um, but <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> I, I didn't you know want to draw that ended. out. Sorry, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So we we find out about the handmaid. A lot of it is about the handmaidens. We saw a little bit of the handmaidens that when I first watched the movie, we maybe all of us watched the movie didn't really pay that much attention to. We no. saw like yes, they have um, she has these handmaidens and they have these names. But this book made us want to watch the movie again. To get to interact with these characters that we haven't seen before, mm-hmm. and then it helps build up Padme as this as this young queen that takes over Naboo, and um, then goes on to be a senator, and then goes on to um, <laughs> ultimately to her demise. But still, um, it was has a good run. It's a lot more, yeah. <laughs> it has a lot more information. Definitely, we get in all three books too. It wasn't just like a little bit here, a lot more in the second book. Not sure about the third one yet, but um, we'll see. But I think that the Queen's Shadow. What are you going? What do you call it? Queen's the Queen's Trilogy. trilogy I guess what we'll call, call it? it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Queen's sure. Trilogy is a great. Yeah, it's, it's we've a decided. Great, great idea for uh, it's a great character-driven uh, trilogy that. I guess would probably be on the top of my list for characters in Star Wars to begin with. I mean, they have, yeah. we, we all we also have. I mean, Thrawn has thirty eight hundred books, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> naturally, so he, he gets his own character. Uh, but um, I mean, Darth Vader. But we didn't. We Padme is the start of it, right? He, she is yeah. the start of what began with the Skywalker saga.
2: Yeah, that's a great. That's a great example of that. And I want to hit on. Uh, something that Stephanie said in the chat and then Angelia said in the chat, uh, Stephanie Mack brings up Dark Disciple, which is a book that every time we bring it up, everyone goes, Ooh. oh, yeah, Dark Disciple. Uh, and I think that book really did a great job with Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress in a way that even though they had some animation ties and it was originally going to be a Clone Wars series of episodes, the book allowed it to get a lot more intimate and it allowed you to see a lot more of the, of the various sides of the character because even if they're in public and they're acting a certain way, with a book, you can take a second to retreat back into their mind and really know what they're thinking, especially with Asajj, especially with Ventress. So I love that. And, of course, the memories chapters, as Angelia says, from the Throne Ascendancy books are something that you you couldn't put in a film or a TV show because, yeah, they're flashbacks to an extent, but they're inserted in such an interesting way that are basically exposition machines... Through character, so it's plot mm-hmm. through character in a flashback in the middle of a novel. Uh, and Timothy Don's yeah. a madman yeah. is basically what yeah. I'm saying. So I th- <laughs> I love those examples, and I love that it it doesn't just have to be inner monologue in italics. It can also just be taking these moments to you know really examine what characters are thinking in the book as opposed to in a in a film or TV show.
1: Yeah, I feel like oh. <clears throat> I feel like the books can can sort of capture the I'm not gonna word this correctly my, Oh, you're my, gonna it's gonna be great my therapist's wife could put this in the words for me. I wish I, <laughs> I wish that she could just like speak for me sometimes I feel like I feel like books can properly capture the sort of complexity of emotions and feelings and sensations of like what's mm-hmm. happening around them in a way that doesn't really. You have to look in the character's eyes, in an actor's eyes, in the film to to, to see that, right? Like, Anakin's turn mm-hmm. to the dark side, right? Like, that moment yep. is less meaningful in Revenge of the Sith than it would be in the, in the, in the book because, like, you got four paragraphs. Yeah, very good. You yeah, got four paragraphs literally, about it.
2: Yeah, like, that, that description is perfect, Corey, because I literally just picked up the Revenge of the Sith novelization from my shelf and realized this is the exact example of character in book versus film. Yeah. This is literally a mm-hmm. film that they then decided, hey, Matthew Stover said, what if I make this a completely character-driven book and I describe the characters through their own minds and through the epic lens of the galaxy, which is why it makes this book such a singular piece of perfection. And if you ever want to see the difference between characters on screen and characters in book, this is, uh, yeah, this is it, Corey, you nailed it, this is it. This is it the is. answer to the question. We did yeah, it. I mean, yeah. the, we should find
1: the. You should find the whatever the the scene is where where Padme and Obi Wan speak at the very oh. end at the, the film. Uh, find what page that's on, Erica. If you, if you can. I'm gonna do my best. I, that that is like this is a hardback edition, by the way. Um, this is uh that scene where you really get inside of both Obi Wan's and and Padme's head is just an utter masterpiece. I mean, it really just captures the. The doubt and the fear and the conflict that everybody has, like you just can't get that all in a couple seconds of staring into an actor's eyes, right?
0: No. Anakin is the father, isn't he?
1: Yes. Oh I'm so yes. sorry. I <coughs> know. That's it. That's all you get on screen. But like That's in the it. book, it's like it. it's like <laughs> three it's like a whole chapter. I mean, it's a lot. So Huh. Maybe I should read that one. Everything. Oh, my God, Wes. Every <laughs> single time this comes up, I want to slap the shit out of you, bro. Read the damn book. It. It's perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> it is uh, the here. number one book on our website. It's the only perfect 10, I believe. No, it's 9.9. It, 9. Not a perfect someone's 10. Someone's done. Well, we're going to adjust that. Oh, I'm not that. reading its crap.
2: Uh, <laughs> but what, here, I'm going to look for that page.
1: Corey, tell us All about right. originality here. All right. So or- originality. Um, okay, so this is a, this is a little more hard i think to get people's head around um and it's it's continually a challenge on the review team i feel like to to address this in, internally at uteni is like like what is originality because i think this this particular category is a little more it's it's less concrete right because yes. i think there is a there is yeah. a nature of all books and stories that feel quote unquote original right like so just have, put that in the context of Star Wars, you have to like really sort of tease it out. Like original, like what's a? Can you think of a good example of anything like a good book in recent years that has been for Original, yeah. Oh
2: yeah, I got two. Okay. One, uh, our book of the year last year, *Throne Ascendancy: Chaos Rising*, we okay, gave as original because it one. basically creates right. an entire new sector of space. It tells yes. you the house <clears throat> structures of the of the Chiss. It creates all that. And then two on the other side of originality is Our Last Roundtable. It's Ronin. It's a oh, book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah, that's yeah a great. Yeah. That's a great example. Which Again, two of, two of those, like, Thrawn could probably more so be a, a TV show if you gave it the Game of Thrones treatment, right, and really took the time. But Game of Thrones, of course, famously, was first a book series.
0: Mm-hmm, so,
2: right. you know, uh, it's still a book series. It's going to finish someday, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I, I no, think not. that those two books... Really encapsulate what is so incredible about it, like Game of Thrones and and really great TV shows can set up worlds brilliantly. We talked about that, mm. when we talk about TV shows, like they can really take the time to show you the stakes of the galaxy. But books like Chaos Rising can really lay out what the rules are. Books like Ronin can use syntax and can use literally yeah. the makeup mm-hmm. of those <laughs> sentences to create the world in certain ways and that's something you can only get by reading those words or listening to that audiobook.
0: Yeah. So originality was probably really big when legends before canon because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they are the authors were creating these brand new worlds, creating these brand new mm-hmm. characters and continuing um, that, the story like in, in a new yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so that's like, I'm I'm thinking that's where most of the originality stemmed from in Star Wars after the three George Lucas films mm-hmm. and then we had um <laughs> there's splinter of the mind's eye right there. <laughs> yeah, we sure oh, yeah, did, West, there it is. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but we don't, we um, don't talk yeah, about I mean, that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> slightly less, slightly less.
0: <laughs> but it's like that that's that's essentially where all the uh, elaboration and all the new worlds and all the new characters started coming from and we just built on all of that. So that's, I mean, originality, legends, Jared, Freddy. <laughs> Let's, I mean, that's your world, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll, they'll talk about that on Wednesday, but yeah, and Angelina says in the chat, like, they basically just gave Zahn and all those guys free range to do what they wanted. And with mm-hmm. Zahn, it worked great. It created Thrawn. It made basically episodes 7, 8, and 9 and then with others, you know, it worked out fine. And then you had a 28 novel series that was all about bugs and aliens. And, like, you know, it was still very original. But, again, mm-hmm. you can take those risks in a book because you can really just take the time to flesh out whatever you want. And I think that's really incredibly cool. And, I mean, I mean, if you're looking for new ones that had that, I got to say, Chaos Rising and Ronin just top my list. so then this one's a little a little less obvious than others but i think it'll make sense because writing now we do forget (laughs) i think sometimes that films and tv shows are also written right there are screenwriters that literally have to write everything that's said so they have to write just like novel writers do but novel writers obviously have a little more control they are literally crafting not only the dialogue they're crafting what's going on around everybody they are describing the scenery. They have an unlimited budget in their imagination. They don't have to work with a scenic artist to make sure they, they can create that. And I think that's where books have the advantage over any other medium, is that in visual mediums, there are astounding artists. And we can talk about blank checks all we want, but there's always a check. There's always a person that has to make the thing digitally or physically you're talking mm-hmm. about. So you can't at some point have a million things. Whereas the Sith in Legends, if you're writing a book, they can do anything. You can eat planets. You can have <laughs> millions of soldiers. Like, your your budget for your imagination has no bounds. Yeah. And I think that's where the writing, re- the, the authors that really realize that they have a magic wand that can do absolutely anything... Uh, it's kind of the best way to do that. So,
1: it's so funny that we we talk about writing uh, in the context of all mediums too, right? We're always talking about yes. oh, the yeah. writing in that film was just not very good. It's like, but did you did you read it though? Like, it's like how do you <laughs> like how do we? It's like we we always have like a really weird mixed up like conception of writing. I think and this is another one of those that's pretty hard to to grasp. I think as a as a review team it's like, yeah. is like, as soon who doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you if if you're you know and let's 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 be clear we do have some pretty dang educated folks on the Utini team in regards to literature and writing and professional writers and all that good stuff but the, oh we the... is a smart the three of us, <laughs> not not really, let's be honest. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, including me, the guy who writes all the reviews. Right. Nothing. Right, right. We, we, we just don't have, you know, uh, Charles and I are, are doctors. Eric writes all this stuff. Wes is a freaking professional businessman that I found out I had as an MBA literally right before this podcast started. Uh, you know, like, Incredible. We don't That's have. My- we don't have literature backgrounds at all, right? So to grasp what good writing is, is kind of hard, I think, to get your head around if it's not something you're educated in.
0: Yeah, I think so.
2: But there are ways I, to like see it. And real quick, Angelia in the chat did my job for me. Page 230 of the Revenge of the Dead novelization is that Anakin or is that, the Padme Obi Wan scene. Appreciate so that. that. Wes, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I, every time I write like the, the, um, the Twitter messages for what our, um, a show's going to be about in the morning or some of the, um, some of the descriptions of the podcast, all I think is about is some of the people on the writing team. Are like, good lord, what is he doing? I know, <laughs> I, know, he- I, know I know. Every time I
1: write anything for <laughs> the website or anything, I just get the writing team to look at it and just like rip it to shreds. Just do it. I know, I know it's awful. Just freaking do it.
2: Because writing, writing is an absolutely hard it's thing. It's hard. And I, think, and I think that's one thing I want to talk about with spe- a couple of specific books from you guys. I think we've all read Star Wars books that feel like auditions to write a film. Right, where the Mm -hmm. author is like, I want someone at Lucasfilm to read this book, and if they like it, then they'll then they'll let me write a movie. And Mm -hmm. I think it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to describe, but when you read it, you're like, okay, you're setting up things, and and it feels more like they would rather be doing that. Yeah. Um, And I think it's happened less lately. I think that a lot of modern (laughs) Star Wars writers are plucked as novel writers, like they actually write novels, and now they're in Star Wars because of that. But what are some books for you guys that really just feel like, oh, you wanted this to be a book, and it yeah. was a book?
1: Anything anything by James Luceno. I know I keep bringing that up, but, like, <laughs> no, like right. James right, Luceno's though. writing is very much literature-focused. Like, like, yes. that may, I don't think that... I don't think they could let let that man write write a film. I think it would be four hours long. Like, I mean, just I mean, seriously. Yeah. And a twenty three
2: presents James Luceno's or A24 a twenty four presents James Luceno's Star Wars film.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, your, your thing I was gonna say is like, um, don't take I, all the good ones. I totally lost don't, it. You, I totally lost it. West, come in. You jump in. Where let's go. Got? So
0: jump out uh, in. Would be, I would love it to be a movie. I would love it to be an eight-hour long. I would be the Godfather series. What I'd like it to be, but I, the Bane trilogy, the Bane trilogy oh, to me is yeah. is is books. It's you rich. know, you have mm. to read that. You have to take in like the way Bane starts out and the way he uses. His his anger and everything, mm-hmm. and he goes to and he learns the the rule of two, and he takes mm-hmm. on the other Sith, and mm-hmm. he goes to the temple, and I'm just ruining everything for everybody. I'm sorry, but it's <laughs> such a great trilogy. Yeah, um, but it it definitely has to be read. I mean, if if you yeah. watched it on screen, you would miss so much that's in in that entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. That I mean. Then someone would would ask you, "Oh, you watched the movie? Did you read the books?" Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what that's what that's kind of what my hang-up is on Dune. Like, I don't want to watch Dune because I feel I'm going to miss out because yeah. I have this 800 page book in, in my West, room the that I read. It's so harsh. good. It's hard. Watch though. Dune. <laughs> oh, the movie. Watch not Dune. The, we're talk- you're talking about the book.
1: Oh man, it is. No, it is. I, I remember I was gonna I was gonna say that you know we talking about the, the the concept of writing in, in Star Wars is like a, a good thing to kind of think about is like. I feel like we we've really hit our stride in the last like three years of canon, um, yeah. because I think we with the uh, with a <clears throat> couple rare exceptions, I think we kind of started off a little rocky with with the canon novels. Sure, I think sure. making that transition into into figuring out like like how much freedom to give writers, I think was really challenging for Disney Lucasfilm um, mm-hmm. early on, and like you could see that in the writing too, right? It felt like a lot of authors were sort of backed into boxes a little bit, like in the stories mm-hmm. that they told. Um, we've seen that, we've seen that around video games. We've seen that around certain yep. character books. Like it feels like they had to had, they had to fit the story, like 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 in a box. So like I think what makes for good writing in in Star Wars books and one of the things we always have to consistently look at when when doing all the reviews is like is it smooth to read? Like is it feel yeah. like it jumps around a lot? Is the language complex? Like you know we we've talked about Alexander Freed's work kind of feeling very technical at times, yeah. right versus Claudia Gray, which she has so many young adult novels that really speak to that that age group of like they're, they're the 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 plots are no less simple, but the word choices are, and the chapter formatting is, and things like that are, are sort of the technical aspects of writing that we're always trying to to look at and think about then you have stuff that's weird and unique, like Ronin, which is like. How do you even begin to talk about writing as, as for a book like Ronan yeah. because it's so unique, right? So, but yeah. also also is challenging at times. So, like, how do you how do you give that like a positive or a negative review? And that's really really challenging to do, um, like yeah, like, as as a, as semi professional reviewers at this point.
2: Yeah, and I think on the other side of the spectrum from Ronan too is is one that kind of Mary is the writing category in our in our last category entertainment. Which is I, the thing that's been kind of taking over our whole community lately. It's the High Republic. I think yep. that the High Republic from get-go was books. It was books and comics, but it was a mm-hmm. it was books. And when you read Light of the Jedi and Rising Storm yeah. specifically, they are books that were made as books, and they will be enjoyed as books. I don't think these were pitched to be movies. They weren't pitched to be TV shows. And Charles Soule and Kevin Scott – write them as entertaining novels like the the words they use fill you with 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 entertain with entertainment and, and exhilaration and even the cadence that in which they write are being used to give you the mental image not because they're like oh if this was a movie this is how it would look it's like no this is the book and this is how it looks and you can see it because they write it so specifically mm. and I, and we mentioned flashbacks <sighs> earlier and i think that's one of the great things about like light of the jedi is that it goes between so many different planets and so many different times, and we get little little flashbacks here and there. But it really jumps around and creates the universe through personal stories as it's written. And then by the end of it, when it says like it was the light of the Jedi, it doesn't feel corny because it feels earned. It is it has been you know setting all these things up in Rising Storm when they're like and then Elzar Man flew on a dragon and threw his lightsaber because of course he did it's you can comment on that in your writing whereas in a tv show or a film you could see that and Mm -hmm. god knows i want to see that but you don't get that little extra bit of commentary and flair and fun as you do when you're writing a novel and i think the high republic has really keyed in by novel writers writing those books um and i like those lots
0: they don't have to pay for those (laughs) for that uh computer visualization oh, yeah. Either, that can <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the they, sand they, they don't need that freaking
1: room that they use to film The Mandalorian with like the TVs like all in a giant circle. Yeah, they don't need that, right? You just sit down at a little yeah, desk. Use
0: your, like, that
1: being use, well, said. I know. We use the reader's imagination.
0: Yes, exactly. It's like, that's perfect. It's so much cheaper. And free. Right, so, Cav- <laughs> yeah,
2: we can't put the dragons in the film, but in the book, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh Which then, of course, leads us to entertainment. So... Visual mediums are obviously the king of entertainment. As we said at the top of this segment, seeing a Star Wars movie with a giant battle is entertaining. The Williams music flares up, and there's action and fun and gusto, and yeah, like, it's incredible. But I think there are some books that when they really lean into the entertainment value of what they can be, when they lean into being Star Wars, can kind of can kind of get to that level. Um, but what do you guys think about, like, what are, what are some books that really just give you that rush, that give you that entertainment value hmm. of the films? Because I, I think the best we can maybe think for entertainment is, like, on par with the feeling of watching one of the really good films. But it's or still do you not the think- same.
1: I don't yeah. think it's the same. I mean, there's some, you know, we were talking about the at the top of the show about, like, what makes what makes film stand out. And I think it's, they just, it hits you in so many different ways. Like there's like mm-hmm. the music and the sound and the sight. I mean, you just, you're using lots of different senses to experience it. Right. Whereas, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to yeah. achieve that. I think in, in books, so I don't know that books will ever really truly achieve that, but there is, it's a different set of emotions. Yeah. Like there is something it's an
2: intimate entertainment. Like if you exactly. Reading by That's yourself, a really good way to put it. Like, yeah. Oh, I get to, this happens to me as right. i read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: I mean you can put yourself in it i feel like a little better than you can like like a film. You know, I, you already brought up Bane Wes, as being like I know. as some it's of the most entertaining and it I mean it really is. I think there's there's so many things that have to keep to, to stay at high points for a book to be truly entertaining. The sort of flow of the hero's journey and and, and a climax followed by you know the 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 pit of despair then additional yeah. climax like it's like you know all the way the story flows is really really important to to keep you entertained i think and like I, I, there are there are so many entertaining star wars books there are certainly some that stand out more so than others yeah. one
0: um one way to help you get in more entertained by reading a book if you're not entertained already um is is a thing that that maggie does i do it as well is you buy the book and you read along with the audiobook. Yep. Um, as long as it's unabridged, um, it's you have that background music, you have those sound effects, you have the you have the different character voices if you if uh if Mark Thompson's reading it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, right. it's it helps out. I think I'm doing that right now with Lesser Evil. Um and I it it really does help out a lot with with I guess. Seeing characters in a different light just by the different voice that they've been given, and also by pronouncing the name of the person that's on there, sure, helps out a lot too. Yeah. And the worlds and the vehicles and everything. So, um, that's like that's one, I think that's one like neat hack or a tip is if if you're kind of feeling, I don't know, where books aren't really as entertaining as they used to be, or or something along those lines, throw on the mm-hmm. audiobook and read along with it. It's like somebody reading it to you. It's great. I love it.
2: Yeah. There's a single book that I've heard helps with that more than any other, and it's a book that I think becomes one of the most entertaining books and trilogies that I've ever read, and it's this. It's the Aftermath Trilogy. Mm. Um, This is a book series that is written in a cadence unlike any other book, um, and a lot of people have a a really hard time keying into it, especially in the first book, but by the time you get to the second and third, the entertainment is so epic, and the scale is, is galactic. It's the and it's, it's the finale, it's Return of the Jedi, it's Revenge of the Sith, it is these giant third-chapter battles. And, from what I've heard, because it has a different syntax that makes it hard to read sometimes, the audiobooks really kind of let people key in, especially to the first novel. And I think that if you're looking for things that have that galactic scale, um, like Corey, you said at the beginning like sometimes books have a tough time kind of setting the stakes of the universe. The Aftermath trilogy takes the stakes from Return of the Jedi directly, so you kind of already know what's happening, and then adds in that multi-battle, multi-front, multi-character kind of thing by the end of the third book. And once you've read that those three books, once you've kind of inserted yourself into those battles, into those character relationships, it becomes truly one of the most entertaining experiences I've had reading a Star Wars book. And that's a book I read at like at the job I was at at the time. I was reading the paperback by myself like in an office. And it felt like watching a Star Wars movie. It was that it was just that much fun. And I think that I I mean looking forward to next month, next next month ish, I guess by the time this is recording, The Fallen Star, I would guess may have some level of that. I mean to end a wave it's something we haven't gotten in a while. I mean, it's the end of a trilogy, technically, yeah. and I would wouldn't be surprised if some of the battles in there give us the entertainment value that we've come to expect in some of these A plus books or incredible films.
1: Yeah, destruction. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all that being said, gentlemen, as we
2: as we come to the the end of our just basically stunting on every medium that's not books, uh, <laughs> what is what is Let's boil it down. What's your favorite thing? about reading Star Wars books versus uh, any other medium. What's your favorite? Out of all these we've talked about, (laughs) maybe things we haven't, when you get a new Star Wars book, you're like, oh, I'm so stoked because I get this. And it's not what I get watching a movie or a show.
1: Oh, I mean, the galaxy is so much bigger in the books. So much bigger. I mean, it feels freaking enormous. I mean, you know, I, when, like, I think all of us that, that work at UTD kind of do this on a daily basis, but like, like you're always like kind of explaining what it is and why you're into it and trying to like mm-hmm. be this weird philosophical explanation for why it is that we do what we do because it's not just like to get people into books like it's much deeper right. than that and like you know Star Wars books are like the series that never ends, you know? It's like, imagine, the analogy I give people all the time is like, you know how you're reading like the fifth Harry Potter book, and you're like, dang it, the end is coming up, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, that never happens with Star Wars, because it just goes on, and on, and on, and on, forever, and there's hundreds of books, and there's always, there's going to be more, thousands by the time we die, like, we're making <laughs> yeah, these dang right. books when we're dead, for crying out loud, so like, right. It just never stops, and you don't get that in in films. The galaxy is like five minutes on Wikipedia will make you feel like you don't know shit about Star Wars. Even if you yeah, run, sure. if exactly. you run a Star Wars company and podcast, five minutes on Wikipedia makes you feel like an absolute moron. And I, I love yep. that. I love that. Yeah,
0: there's always something new. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say the expanding universe for sure. Um, and I also love what I one of the main things that I love about reading a brand new Star Wars book or just reading Star Wars books in general is going up to my my buddies that are all hunters and like play softball and they do all this outdoorsy crap and I'm like hey man you know about uh, Darth Bane who uh, created the rule of two and he has this obelisk armor that's impenetrable and he was like one of the strongest people ever and they're like what the are you talking about I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll say it like in the middle of somebody's conversation like, yes, that's, our, that's our nerd friend over there and was like that's right and I hit home runs.
1: <laughs> Take that mantle.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
2: oh yeah, there's there's just something about it, you know. I, I I think every time I crack a new Star Wars book, I just get so excited because I, there is that level of intimacy. You know, Angelia said it's character intimacy and expansion, which I absolutely agree. I, I you get that feeling of, especially with with books that are continuations. Like, oh, I get to hang out with my friends again. Like, I've missed Stellan. I, I I've missed Bells at afar. Like, I'm very excited to see them again. But I think I also get the point of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to now read this story that was written for me in a way. Yeah. Like, I like think there's, there's a broader <laughs> sense when I watch the TV shows or the films because I think we know now so much about the behind the scenes and we know the directors and we're like, oh, this project and it's, and it's awesome. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is, a, a, there is something to be like, there's one person that wrote this down and it got edited. And there was story yeah. group. Mm. Like, Tom walked us through a bunch of the process on our Ronin roundtables, and it's incredible. Mm. But there is something to be like, oh, man, Claudia Gray has put to paper the next adventures of yeah. my characters that I love, and I yeah, it's, can't it's, wait it's, to just sit here and, it's and harder to, witness it's it. It's harder to
1: hate on it, too, right? We're always talking about you know they are 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 doing you know there's always just they at the top right they are ruining star wars disney is ruining yep. star- who, who the hell is that like who are they yeah. right like it's no, it's, one. it's no one or you can't put a face to it right but like with the books like we've met the authors and we've seen this space you know they sit in their space that they write the book in to, inter- to be interviewed by us like on our show like mm-hmm. and it's modest and humble and like it's yeah. it's it's intimate yeah. and in i love that about it it's very personal right so like yeah. human beings yeah, yeah they are. exactly exactly and i think we you get that so much more in the books because it's just a smaller industry it takes less people to put a book together than it does to yeah. put a freaking multi-million dollar film together right and to, and to hear tom come on the show and talk about like you know the the stuff behind the scenes of like how they read the book so many times how many people are involved and it is like a Little small scale collaborative project is is so awesome. Like yeah, see that yeah that, that it, it is really cool. Even as big as the book projects are, it's really cool that it, it they are still relatively small creative projects, right? Like yeah. they're, right. they're still right. there's they all have less than a hundred people that work on them. Definitely. Oh yeah. Most oh, of them yeah. probably <laughs> have less than like 20 people work on them, which is amazing, yeah. right? Like it's just crazy to think
2: about. Yeah. And I would and I would say as I've gotten older, I've noticed that. You know, I, I get more specific about my book reading. Like I really try to put my phone on silent and I like put on music if I want or I just like sit in a comfy chair and really just try to indulge in these stories. Because like you said, these people have respected our time, and respected our lives by gifting these to us. So let's respect that and really kind of live in it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, is the it, only downside of that is that I do it a month earlier than anyone else and I can't right. freak
1: out. You have to hold it. Down. But that's Angela. what Discord's for. That's right. <laughs> Angelia brought in one more really good point here at the For end sure. is the Star Wars book community has been an amazing and welcoming too. And that is yeah. so true. The Star Wars yes. book community is not toxic, right? Like nope. Not really. And we've done an extra good job, I think, of trying to foster this type of environment and set really clear rules and expectations of what it means to participate in the UTini community, you yep. know, explicitly. But like, I think in general, the book the book community is not toxic. Like, I mean, no. it takes it takes no effort to sit your ass in a movie theater and watch two hours of a film one time and then go shit on it on the internet, like, endlessly, all right? It yeah. takes no effort whatsoever. It doesn't take any energy, but, like, it takes a lot of energy to to buy the book, to find time to read it, to set it aside, to save your place, to think about it. Like,
2: it's not... <laughs> I it's read like, this 400-page yeah. book after the other 18 400-page books that I read, and I just don't like where it's going. It's like, no,
1: you're... like. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, are you perpetually unhappy, like every day of your life? Yeah, because, like, right. nobody can it's live like happy, that. Man. It takes. It's too big of a commitment. So, like, I think that, I think the the nature of reading does invite a certain amount of reflection and positivity, yep. and I love that. I think it's healthy and yeah. fun, and it yeah. it makes it it makes you it makes you think about looking at other mediums differently, and I really appreciate that. There's, yeah, yeah, there's
0: effort that's put forth. Mm you actually, and you learn something, even if you don't like the book, you've learned something throughout that entire journey of reading that 400 page book. You may not like everything in it, but there's always that, that one detail that you didn't know before that Mm -hmm. will help you. And speaking with your friends about Star Wars or just in the next book that you read.
1: And if you're reading Thrawn, you get to strengthen your wrist muscles as well. Because that book is so freaking heavy. Holy crap. And speaking of which, everyone, last thing we'll tell you.
2: Two weeks from tonight, uh, which is going to be December 13th. Yes. Let's stretch that out a little bit. Uh, December 13th is going to be part one of our Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil roundtable. We are going to finish out 2021 by finishing out Thrawn. That's going to be the 13th and the 20th, and we have not said this on the show yet, but if you stuck around, congratulations, because December 27th will be the second annual Utini Awards, so get your fancy gear out, uh, because Lord knows we are going to be looking good on the streams on the 27th. So uh, next week, we have a normal Living Force show, as normal as these can get. Two weeks from now, Thrawn Ascendancy: Lesser Evil, Part One, then Part Two, then we'll finish the year out with the Utini Awards, uh, because this has been a truly tremendous year for Star Wars books. Uh, because y'all remember, Light of the Jedi came out this year. <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> it seems so. Cool. Um, it's been a, ama- it's it's been just incredible. But we're very excited for that. We hope y'all enjoyed just thinking and reflecting about how incredible these books are that we get. And how every piece of Star Wars medium is just batting a thousand right now. We can't wait for the next ones. But what I can wait for, my friends, is for next week. Because that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much for that. Again, keep your eyes peeled. We have Rogue One coming your way very soon with a video commentary. And a special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Okay Endar, Jeremy Kazina, J.G. Karst, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council. And Matt Billington, Tyler Latour, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson and our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Living Force Pod. I am at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Doc Star Wars MD. Wes is at Boss West and Charles is at the Hospital, but he's also at C Henkel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thanks to Corey and Wes and Charles in the chat for podcasting tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the force be with you.
0: There is no hatred, there is joy. There is no division, there is union. There is no apathy.